that affirmation formula, apply it to your marriage, apply it to your parenting, apply it to your financial goals, apply it to your business. Every goal and every role, you take those three steps and all it is, is it's a few sentences. I'm committed to this. Here's why it's a must. And here's what I'm going to do to get there. You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, and I'm your host, Robert Glazer. Join me as I talk to world-class performers about how they build their capacity and reach greater heights in leadership, business, and life, and how you can do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from John Wooden, make each day your masterpiece. My guest today, Hal Elrod, has changed the way millions of people rethink their mornings, He's the best-selling author of one of the highest-rated best-selling books in the world, The Miracle Morning, which has been translated into dozens of languages and shares a morning routine practiced daily by millions of people worldwide. It was also just released in a special updated 10-year anniversary edition. Hal's also the author of The Miracle Equation, a renowned speaker who has spoken to audiences around the world. Hal, welcome. It's great to have you back on the Elevate podcast. We've been here and done this before, but today is going to be different, better, new, and improved. Yeah. I mean, why go backwards? I was going to say, I'd encourage people to check out your first appearance way back on episode 15, back when we were still figuring things out. So one of the things I like to ask, like repeat guests is a lot has gone on since, particularly since 2000. Like what's changed for you the most in your kind of world and routine since this global pandemic? Yeah, it's actually a perfect correlation. You mentioned there's a new updated and expanded edition of The Miracle Morning, which is kind of fitting. Like that book came out 11 years ago and I've always wanted to update it and expand it and rewrite it. I don't care who you are. If you go back to your work 11 years ago, whether it's a video or an audio recording of you or a book you wrote, hopefully you're a little bit like, oh man, that is, who was I back then, man? I've grown a lot since then. And so when the pandemic hit in 2020, What I realized is that when we focus on that which is out of our control, we feel out of control. And that's what leads to stress and fear and anxiety and and even depression. And in 2020, that which is out of our control was just magnified and amplified and shoved down our throats, if you will. And it has ever since. Like back then, I didn't pay attention to the government and what they were doing. I'm just like, whatever, dude, I'm just living my life. And then it was like, oh, no, the government, you can't leave your house now. You have to do this. You can't do this. And so... For me, I realized, what should I be focused on right now as a dad, as a husband, as the leader of the Miracle Morning community? And the answer was, well, high level, I should only focus on that which is in my control. The answer, the next question is, well, what can I control? And there's only one answer. It's me. Like I can control how I show up every day and I can control who I become every day. The daily Miracle Morning practice, it's becoming a better version of myself and showing up for my family, for those I love, those I lead at my best. And so I went back to the Miracle Morning community. I'm like, let's double down. And over the last 11 years, I've been learning how to take the Miracle Morning to the next level. So this new edition has 70 pages of new content. And it really is sharing everything that I've learned over the last, not just 11 years, 15 years of doing the Miracle Morning in terms of advanced meditation practices and affirmation practices and visualization practices and so on and so forth. For people who this is the first time they're hearing of the Miracle Morning, which there can't be that many left, we we just share a brief synopsis of the story behind what started it for you and then kind of the movement. It wasn't a book idea, like to be very clear. It wasn't like, hmm, what are popular topics that people would want to book on? It was very much this organic. In 2008, when the US economy crashed, I crashed with it. I lost over half of my clients, half of my income, lost my home. It was foreclosed on by the bank. My body fat percentage tripled. It really was like 
for me, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, it was rock bottom. And a series of events led me to realize that if I want to change my outer world, I got to change my inner world. I got to become the person that's capable of thriving in the Great Recession, right? The 2008 Great Recession. And there was a quote from Jim Rohn. He said, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. And you might've heard that quote before. I think I had, but it never clicked the way that it did. And what happened for me is I quantified it. And I went, well, if my level of success is not going to exceed my level of personal development, I have to ask two questions. What level of success do I want? And what's my level of personal development, right? Because they're going to parallel each other. And the level of success that I want on a scale of one to 10 is the same as if you're listening to this, it's the same that you want. Level 10, health, happiness, financial security, you name it. Every human being has an innate drive and desire to self-actualize and to experience the best that we possibly can in every area of life. So we all want level 10. So the next question I ask is, and I want you to ask this to yourself, what's my level of personal development? And to define that, to make it a little easier to answer that, for me, personal development is what's your daily personal development ritual and routine or routines that enable you to become a better version of yourself every single day so that as you become better, your ability to create better results in your life, achieve higher levels of success, it, it parallels. And the answer to that question for me was like, I'm like at a two or a three. Like I'm not doing much every day. Like I'm so stressed out just trying to survive and manage my life and my business. And so the epiphany was I need to go study what the world's most successful people do for personal development and assemble the most effective personal development ritual, arguably of all time. And so that I can quickly become that level 10 version of myself. And that's where the miracle morning, I assembled these six practices, timeless practices that every successful person does at least one or two, maybe three of, but I had never heard anybody, anyone that did all six. So I thought, what if I do all six practices? That would be the ultimate morning routine that would enable me to become the person I need to be as fast as humanly possible. And I was thinking like, give myself six to 12 months to turn my life around. And it happened, Robert, in two months. In two months, in the worst economy of my lifetime, I doubled my income. And if you're listening right now and you're concerned with the recession, this has worked not just for me, it's worked for millions of people around the world, right? And so that was it. And within two months, I went to my wife. I said, sweetheart, I signed on two more coaching clients today. This is the end of the story here. She said, oh, congratulations, sweetie. That's great. I said, no, you don't understand. This is a tipping point. We've officially doubled our income since I started that morning ritual. It feels like a miracle. And without hesitating, she goes, it's your miracle morning. I go, I like that, right? And then I started teaching my coaching clients. They went from, I'm not a morning person to, oh my gosh, how this works. I'm changing my life. I'm having the best week in my career. And that's when I realized that if it changed my life and their life, it could change the world. And that's where I started writing the book. And the rest is kind of history, as they say. So talk a little bit about the community and the reach. I was amazed from our first episode, like how far and wide had it gone in terms of languages and otherwise and people in this community. Like, can you talk about a little high level? And then I'd love to hear one or two anecdotes of like, I always think like the far flung person in the remote part of the world who reached out to you and sort of joined the movement. Yeah, I love that. So the book itself has sold over 2 million copies. My agent thinks it's over 3 million, but it's really hard to get accurate reporting from these 40 different foreign publishers. <laughs> so like it's always delayed. A year, getting a report to a year later is real time. Literally, I went to Brazil 
to speak in Brazil. And then I did a book signing with my publisher and a media tour. And if you would have asked me at the time, how many copies have you sold in Brazil? I probably would have said, man, it's done really well in Brazil. I I think we're over 50,000 copies. You go, wow, that's amazing. They hand me a plaque at the book signing that says over 500,000 copies sold. And I'm like, you're like, where's my royalty check? How do I not know? Yeah. Yeah. And this was 2000, like, 15 or something. How do I not know that I've sold a half million copies in Brazil? So it's been the number one best-selling book in Brazil, in Korea, like number six in the UK. So it's done really well overseas. In fact, it sold more copies overseas than it has in the US. US is around a million. But anyway, so the Miracle Morning community is a Facebook group with 350,000 people from over 100 countries that wake up every day and support each other. And it's one of the most inspiring groups of people that are all waking up dedicating time to their morning ritual. And I want to say really quickly, if you do not consider yourself to be a morning person and you're like, ah, I don't know if this will work for me. I don't want to wake up early. A, it's not the 5 a.m. club. You could wake up 10 minutes earlier and do a miracle morning. In fact, there's a chapter in the book in the new edition called the six minute miracle morning, which is literally on days where you are pressed for time. Or if you just don't want to do more than six minutes, how do you do the six practices effectively in one minute each? And you mentioned for an anecdote, a couple uh, that are just profound. You First, you said somebody on the other side of the world. So in the Miracle Morning documentary, and you all can watch this for free at MiracleMorning.com, and it features like Robert Kiyosaki and Mel Robbins and Brendan Burchard and Lewis Howes and Leila Ali and Joe Paulus. There's some big name achievers in this film talking about how their morning routine impacts their success. We also followed some ordinary folks that aren't famous or well-known, who have had extraordinary transformations with the Miracle Morning. One of them is Rister Mum. She is in Kenya. Her dream was to be a motivational speaker after she was blind and her husband left her with two kids. So she's blind and somehow she discovers the Miracle Morning through a Google search. And now she's following her dream. She's a published author. She's following her dream of being a motivational speaker. And so we sent a camera crew to Kenya and they filmed her and it's inspiring. Another gentleman, Mike Eaton, had been obese his entire life, and he had tried every diet and this and that. He started the Miracle Morning, and he lost 80 pounds, I think it was like three months after starting the Miracle Morning. Maybe it was more than that, but six months. It was profound. And the last story I'll share is Keith Minnick. His son died three hours after being born, and Keith was the director of business development at Turner Home Broadcasting. He went into a deep depression for about a year. And he had read books on grief and dealing with loss of a child. Nothing had helped him. And a friend said, hey, try this Miracle Morning book. It changed my life. And Keith said, and I actually opened the new edition of the book with Keith's story early on. And I put his exact words, but paraphrasing what he said, he said his very first Miracle Morning, he went from being depressed to going, wait a minute, I'm taking control of my life. I'm not going to allow my son's death to determine my mental and emotional well-being any longer. And now, almost 10 years later, he still does the Miracle Morning every day. And he talks about, in the book, how it transformed his life in one day after a year of being depressed. And 10 years later, he's still doing it, learning, growing, and evolving. And I thought it was a great example of how quickly the Miracle Morning can transform someone's life and how a decade later, it's still transforming their life. There's about 10 different questions I want to ask in there. I think there's a question of sort of why the morning and why it works, but I want to ask it rhetorically. I guess let's talk about what the unmiracle morning looks like for a lot of people, which is maybe I wake up to my child screaming at me or hitting me, 
alarm. I jump out of bed. I get my phone. I check Facebook. I kind of run out frenetic. I look at my email. I turn on the news. I respond to a bunch of things kind of coming at me. By that point, like, what have I lost? What's the cost of me from the manic morning? Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Harvard Business Review provides information, tools, and practical advice on leadership, management, and strategy through the hbr.org website, their print publication, and their podcast. hbr.org is your go-to for leadership and business management articles. A recent favorite is Stop Eliminating Perfectly Good Candidates by Asking Them the Wrong Questions. Then there are other world-famous case studies, which premium subscribers can access as well. HBR produces a number of leading podcasts from HBR on Leadership to my favorite, the HBR IdeaCast podcast. A subscription to HBR also includes access to videos, The Big Idea, HBR Magazine, and a wide variety of newsletters. While much of the Harvard Business Review content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. Go to www.hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter promo code ELEVATE right now to take advantage of this great offer. Again, go to www.hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter promo code ELEVATE to learn more about this great opportunity to help manage your career and business. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. So at the highest level, I would just say reactive versus proactive, right? You started the day in a reactive state and that spikes your cortisol levels from first thing. And then now you are operating at a mental and emotional deficiency all day long. And to me, what the Miracle Morning does 
one of the simplest explanations is it enables you to start every day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state in a relatively short amount of time. And so that, I mentioned this earlier, you can show up at your best for the people you love, the people that you lead. And that starts because you show up first for yourself. And it's that overly used cliche oxygen mask analogy, right? Like you put the oxygen mask on in the morning, you do some reading and some journaling and some meditation and some exercise and visualization. Like you start every day, you're essentially utilizing six of the most timeless, proven personal development practices in the history of the world, right? I mean, the world's most successful people have sworn by for centuries and you're doing all six of them. In fact, I'll quote, I'll paraphrase Robert Kiyosaki. Robert is one of the biggest advocates for the Miracle Morning. Now, if you don't know who Robert is, by the way, he's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is the number one personal finance book of all time, 30 million copies sold. Robert, I got to give him a copy of the Miracle Morning at an event where we both spoke. I figured he would never read it because the guy's worth like $80 million. I'm like, he's not going to read my little self-published book. It was like 2015, I think. Three weeks later, his assistant emailed me and said, Robert's read the Miracle Morning three times. Like my jaw dropped right there. Wait, what? One of my favorite authors has read my book three times. And she said him and his wife, Kim, are doing the Miracle Morning almost every single day. And it's transforming his health, his mental state. I mean, on and on and on. And he wants to have you on Rich Dad Radio. And I went on the show and at the end of the interview, and for those that don't know, the six practices of the Miracle Morning are organized in an acronym, SAVERS. S-A-V-E-R-S, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And at the end of the interview, Robert summed it up better than I ever had. And he said, Hal, I kind of said this earlier, but I got this from Robert. He said, you named the book correctly, The Miracle Morning. I said, oh yeah, why is that? And he said, because before you wrote The Miracle Morning and you assembled the SAVERS acronym, he said, every successful person on the planet swears by at least one of the SAVERS and many of them do two or three. Maybe they wake up, they read, they journal, then they exercise, right? He said, but I've never heard of anyone that did all six of these ancient best practices in one cohesive ritual like you've taught. And he said, the reason I think you named the book correctly is because any one of the savers will change your life. He said, but when you do all six, he said, I believe it creates miracles. He said, I'm experiencing miracles in my life since I started this practice a few weeks ago. And so I figure if it's good enough for Robert Kiyosaki and even someone that's already successful at the highest level and by most measures, right? And someone who's a voracious learner and reader, he's read hundreds of books. Even The Miracle Morning was transformative for him. Let's talk about, you said leaders, and there's an interesting thing I've talked about in my own work and capacity building, particularly with people working from home and hybrid now, where I don't think we're different. It's not like you are Clark Kent at home and you show up at Superman at work, right? You suck at time management at home and money management, and you probably suck at those things at work. And so I think some leaders have embraced this. I think some leaders would feel like, oh, like this is a little like not my space or kind of touchy-feely or I shouldn't be touching this. But if these are your employees and they're working from home, therefore like coming to work is just turning on their computer, how they start their day has a big impact on their attitude and their productivity and otherwise. How do you encourage more leader? I mean, I've always done this. When we've done leadership training and otherwise, we try to model the morning as part of the training. I just think it's holistic. But now there's lines between work are very thin, if any. How do you get more leaders to realize, look, it's great to teach people a and B, but like, if you want to really talk about making people better, like this could be either a huge drag on their life or an accelerant. 
Oh, I'll answer it this way. My passion is keynote speaking, right? Like I write books, but speaking is like my favorite thing to do. Writing is really hard for me. It takes a really long time. Every speech that I give is a leader that reads the Miracle Morning. And usually they have it, you know, they implement in their life and they go, my people need this. Like this is transforming my life like it did for Robert. My people need this. Every speech I get is somebody reaching out to me. I don't do any marketing. I'm not with speakers bureaus. They reach out and they go, hey, we need you to come teach the Miracle Morning to our sales team, to our HR department, whatever it is. So they ask you to teach it rather than they try to preach it, I guess. I just think it can be a tough topic to bring up, right? So yeah. There's a couple things. I mean, when I speak, and we didn't talk about my story at all, but like the 30-second version, when I was 20, I was hit head-on by a drunk driver at 80 miles an hour. I was found dead at the scene of the accident, broke 11 bones. I've got pictures to prove it. Thank God for my dad taking those pictures. They really make my keynote a lot more impactful. And then I was diagnosed with cancer seven years ago, and I was given a 20% chance of surviving. And so I've been through these really traumatic experiences. Many of us have. But the point is that when I go give my keynote, the first 20 minutes are like this emotionally engaging thing that it brings people in. And then I take them into the 2008 financial crash. And I say, by a show of hands, how many of you were around during the 2008 financial crash? And of course, (laughs) everybody raises their hand. I'm like, oh, that wasn't just me. And they usually can remember what that was like for them, right? How stressful a time it was. Maybe they lost their house, et cetera. They're brought in emotionally. And then I'm able to go, hey, here's how the Miracle Morning transformed my life. I doubled my income in two months. Here's how. And let's walk through how you can apply this in your life. And then I end the speech with a 30-day journey, right? Like a 30-day challenge, but 30-day journey. And I make it super simple. I go, you don't have to wake up an hour earlier and do all six of the savers. Wake up 10 minutes earlier and just do the reading part because I give every client when they book me, they get books. And so they give, so everybody's like bought in hardcore. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. We're going to do this. And then I always say, raise your hand if you're committed to give it a shot for 30 days. All you have to do is start by reading the book. And then when you do the chapter on silence, add silence into your next miracle morning. So now all you're doing is the R and the S of savers, reading in silence, easy. We need the chapter on affirmations, add affirmations in. So it really makes it super easy for everybody in the audience to integrate the Miracle Morning. And now we have companies like Ruben Brown, a national CPA firm. The Miracle Morning is part of their culture. The Miracle Morning is part of their hiring process. In fact, it's their competitive advantage where they go, hey, we go beyond just having you come in and do accounting. We actually pour into our people. We have this thing called the Miracle Morning. Every new hire gets a book. And then we have a monthly call where we guide everybody through a 30-day challenge month after month after month after month. And they're on like their 13th month now since I spoke at their company. So it really is becoming, and that's for us a huge opportunity for Miracle Morning is to model what Ruben Brown and some other companies are doing and really take that to a lot of companies so that we can hand them the playbook. But right now it's just get the book, read it, apply it, and then share it with your people. And you alluded to this before, but I have found that one of the protests, it's not a 5 a.m. club, but it comes from working parents, moms who say, look, again, my wake up call is my three-year-old at 5.30 in the morning, kind of hitting me on the head and I just can't get up any earlier. And what's interesting is we've said, well, how's that working for you? And the answer is, it's terrible. And again, just, hey, do us a favor. Try when you go home. We were at a hotel for three days. You were doing this routine. You liked it. Try just get up 10 minutes earlier. Make your coffee. Have a few minutes to yourself. You know that that alarm is going to wake you at 530. The feedback from everyone is overwhelmingly, that was such a big change in my life that I actually decided to get up even earlier. 
Yeah. It gets addicting, man. You're like, wait, my me time in the morning is the best part of my day. I want as much of it as I can possibly have. And to your point, well, I think that about the kids, I think that we have a responsibility to wake up earlier than our kids. How can we give them our best if we're reacting to them waking us up? Right. We have an opportunity or responsibility to start every day and go, okay, like I have affirmations and I have some self-imposed rules. Like my reading, I'm not allowed to read a business book until I've read a family book, meaning a book on parenting or marriage. That's my self-imposed rule to remind myself every day, family is my number one priority. One of the components of Miracle Morning is affirmations. And I think affirmations are the most misunderstood, mistaught, and the most effective form. That's the one that's probably most uncomfortable for people. Like, Because all I can think about is Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I'm smart enough. It's the only thing I can think about. It's Dana Carvey, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. It was it Dana Carvey? Al Franken. Oh, yeah, Al Franken. Yeah, yeah. That is just my affirmation association. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It made a, a joke out of it. But here's the thing. Even if you're learning it from like a well-meaning self-help author or guru, there's two problems with the way that it's often taught. Number one is we're taught to lie to ourselves about something that we wish were true, but it's not true yet. So for example, if you're struggling financially, you'd be taught to just affirm I am wealthy, right? But the problem is, if you don't actually believe yourself to be wealthy, you're creating an internal conflict that's unhealthy. So you go, I am wealthy, and your subconscious shouts the truth. You goes, dude, no, you're not. You go, stop it. I'm doing my affirmations, right? You're fighting reality because the truth will always prevail. The second problem with affirmations is we're taught to use this flowery, passive language that's very woo-woo, and it promises some magical result independent of any effort on our part. So you've probably heard some form of this affirmation that says, I am a money magnet. Money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance, right? And any sane person knows that's not how money works, right? Like you have to create value in the market. Unless you run a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you have to create value in the marketplace, in your business, for your employer, right? And then once you create value, you increase your value and you get paid more. So I think those two approaches that have been taught and repeated ad nauseum for decades give affirmations a bad rap. I'm going to teach everybody three really simple but profoundly effective steps to create affirmations that are practical, that are actionable, that are rooted in truth, that are results-oriented, that will produce results in your life. Step one, affirm what you're committed to. So I am committed to blank. No matter what, there's no other option. And that blank, it could be an outcome or it could be an activity. It could be I'm committed to losing 10 pounds in the next three months. It could be I'm committed to exercising 10 minutes a day for the next three months, right? Either way, you're moving toward the result that you're committed to. And here's the thing. In life, we get what we're committed to. That's it. If you're fully committed, there's always a way. You'll find a way. If you just want it really bad, but you're not fully committed. So arguably, the most important thing you could affirm every day is I am committed to this thing, this outcome, this no matter what, there's no other option. It's a gut check every single day. And if you're taking notes by chance or just if you want to remember this, what you affirm becomes your reality. My marriage sucks is an affirmation. My spouse doesn't get me is an affirmation. I can't handle things is an affirmation. I'm a victim, which is what's going on today. Like I'm a victim and then it just becomes your orientation. Yeah. And even if you like in 2008, when the economy tanked and I crashed, my loss over half of my income, 
I was pointing at the economy and I was affirming it's the economy's fault. I have no control over my income because I'm not in control of the economy. And I would imagine that for a large amount of people, large percentage, that's a natural thing. We're very conditioned to believe that outside forces are dictating how we feel, our results in our lives, et cetera. It's my boss's fault. It's this fault, right? And on my very first miracle morning, that was the profound shift as I went, oh, wait a minute. Instead of blaming the economy, I'm going to take ownership of becoming the person that I need to be that can thrive in the economy. And I did. I doubled my income in two months because I took full responsibility for doing that. So step one, affirm what you're committed to. Step two, affirm why it's a must for you, right? I'm committed to blank no matter what, there's no other option. I'm committed or it's a must for me because, and then I like to frame it. I like to choose the people in my life that I'm doing this for. So I'm number one, right? It's a must for me because I'm doing it for my wife because, right? How's it going to benefit my spouse? I'm doing it for my kids because I'm doing it for my team that I lead because I'm doing it for humanity. Here's the example. When I had cancer seven years ago, I was given that 20% chance of surviving. And my affirmation said, I'm committed to beating cancer and living to be 100 plus years old. No matter what, there's no other option. I'm committed for Ursula because I promised her forever and today. I'm committed for Sophia and Halston, my children, because they need their daddy's love, guidance, and leadership, and I want to watch them grow up. I'm committed, number three, for my mom and dad, because they already lost a child. My sister died when I was younger, and they don't deserve to lose another one. Number four, I'm committed to beating cancer for myself because I deserve to live a long, happy, healthy life. And last but not least, I'm committed to beating cancer for the millions of people who are themselves battling cancer or some other disease and may not have the knowledge and resources that I've been blessed with. And it's my responsibility to beat cancer so I can help them on their healing journey. Robert, those five reasons, those musts for me were so meaningful and so compelling that when I didn't feel like it, when I wasn't motivated, but I read those, it was like, it doesn't matter if I feel like it. Yeah, that doesn't sound fluffy. That is a very specific where you're going and why you're going. And again, I think a lot of these things are beyond money or resources. Success has a lot of different definitions, right? Being alive is a version of success. Yeah, none of the other goals mattered at that time. It's like, oh, if I don't hit this goal, <laughs> like <laughs> my business goals are out the way, everything's out the window. And then step three, affirm which actions you will take and win. And this is where the rubber meets the road. Without this third step, you might not get to that commitment. If all you do is, hey, here's what I'm committed to and here's why. Mm, but then you don't clarify, okay, but whoa, 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 what do you have to do every day to ensure that you move forward toward that commitment that you made, right? If you're not clear on that, you may end up really frustrated at the end of the year where you're like, what the heck, man, I thought I was committed and I knew my why, but you didn't decide what you were going to do. And so for me during cancer journey, I had two columns. And the first one was, I will do chemotherapy and do the best that Western medicine has to offer. But there was an important distinction. I will affirm that my body is capable, it's strong enough to survive the chemo because most people die from the chemotherapy before the cancer kills them. My chemo in specific was one of the most intense regimens in the world because I had such an aggressive cancer. My lung was failing, my heart was failing, my kidneys were failing when I went into the hospital. That's how they discovered the cancer. So for me, I did 650 hours of chemotherapy in seven months, about 100 hours a month. Initially, I was scared it was going to kill me, 
But I realized that fear doesn't serve me. I need to affirm that my body will absolutely, unequivocally, no other option. It will survive the chemo while the chemo kills the cancer. But the second column was the most important column. I will relentlessly research every holistic practice available and implement every single one that I can. And that came with, there was a piece of that that said, I will take 100% responsibility for my healing and not leave it up to the doctors. Think about that. Most people, when they're, A, when they're given a grim statistic, like you're probably going to die, most of them accept that statistic as fact. Oh my God, 20% chance of living? I told my wife day one, I said, sweetheart, I'm not operating on a 20% survival rate. I'm operating on a 100% survival rate. Because in my mind, there's a 100% chance that I will be among the 20 to 30% of those that survive this cancer. And anybody listening, you create your own statistic in the economy, in your health, in your marriage. Don't listen to global statistics. You decide your own statistics. And so that for me was taking ownership and then applying every holistic practice I could. I took 70 supplements a day. I juiced every day. I ate a really clean, as clean as I could diet. I did ozone sauna, lymphatic massage, coffee enemas. If you don't know what that is, Google it. That's the most out of your comfort zone daily practice. But I was like, man, if I do this, I deserve to survive. So, But that affirmation formula, apply it to your marriage. Apply it to your parenting. Apply it to your financial goals. Apply it to your business. Every goal and every role, you take those three steps. And all it is, is it's a few sentences. I'm committed to this. Here's why it's a must. And here's what I'm going to do to get there. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Wow. Let's address a couple things that I know you talked about in your updated version. So it's been 10 years. The role of technology in our life has changed pretty dramatically and has become far more of a distraction. A whole generation kind of wakes up with phones next to their bed. And then two, and Dan Pink talked about this in his book, When. I mean, most of us are cognitively best in the morning and otherwise, but then there's some night owls for whom really the whole thing is inversed, which seems to be somewhere 8 or 8% of the population or something like that. So talk about those two things, because I know you've thought about them since the first edition. So the first thing is the phone. My phone, I keep it across from me. Like I have a rule where this is the irony. We came out with the Miracle Morning app a year ago, right? And so now it's this balance between using my phone because I want to use the, some of the features in the app. I actually really appreciate. I don't use all of them, but there's a built-in journal and built-in affirmations and there's guided. I like the guided practices. So that's what I do. I hit play and I set my phone away. I don't use the digital journal in the Miracle Morning. 
app. I like a physical journal, but I listen to the guided miracle morning practices and then I will journal by hand, right? And that's actually not totally true because I do sometimes journal digitally. It just depends. One thing I talk about in the new book is flexibility. I used to be really rigid with my miracle morning, like got to do the savers for this long in this order. Now I like, I start my day in silence and I go, what do I need today? Sometimes I'll do, I'll read for the entire miracle morning. Like if I'm like, dude, I need to dive into this book because I got this, like, this is what I need. Sometimes I'll meditate for the entire time. Sometimes I'll do three of the savers. Sometimes I'll do six. Sometimes I'll do a guided practice in the app. It's totally flexible. And there's a whole chapter in the new book called Customizing the Miracle Morning to Fit Your Lifestyle. And I talk about really making this your own practice. And again, whether it's six minutes or 60 or anywhere in between, do the savers in different order. In terms of the digital, I'm not allowed to check anything that's not related to the Miracle Morning. So like I have different apps sometimes I'll use for the Miracle Morning, whether it's the Miracle Morning app, I'm not allowed to scroll Facebook or do these things. That's my rule. I can only do the Miracle Morning practices and I keep the phone off as much of that as possible. As far as the night owl piece, I've done research into it. And to your point, small percentage of people are night owls. But I want to share, there's so many examples of people in the Miracle Morning community that say, I was a night owl until I read the Miracle Morning and I tried it and I realized, wow, when I start my day, because most of them would say, I'm not doing anything highly productive at 11 o'clock at night. I'm just watching TV. The true night owls like write novels like in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. And so I'll give you an example. Do you know who Pat Flynn is? Yeah. Yeah. So Pat Flynn is multimillionaire entrepreneur, phenomenal dad, marathon runner. He's basically someone that thrives in almost every area of his life. And when he had me on his podcast, and this was like 20 14. I mean, this was a long time ago. He started by saying, Hal, I am not a morning person. I'm a night owl. In fact, I don't even set an alarm. The way that I wake up is my kids come and go, daddy, daddy. And he had really little kids. And he goes, so basically convince me why I should read your book and change. Then I'm going, how am I going to convince somebody that's already like thriving in every area of life? And he has the most adorable wake up system, which is his little cute kids waking him up. So I made my case for the miracle morning. And at the end of the interview, Pat said, and he said, I get my best work done at night, right? At the end of the interview, he said, Hal, what you just said makes a lot of sense. I may be missing out on a level of productivity that I'm not even aware of because I'm not starting my day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, spiritual state, like you said. And he said, so I'm willing to give this 30 days. I will do the 30-day challenge or 30-day journey. And he said, I'm committing right now to my community. Guys, I'll be accountable. I'll post daily on my social media. And he said, and I'll see how it works. I'll give it 30 days and then I'll decide. He said, basically, Miracle Morning became a way of life for him. He's in the Miracle Morning movie. He's featured in the documentary talking about this. And he said, I don't remember the number. It's been so long. But I think he said his productivity increased, and I don't know how he measured it, but it was by 300 or 400%. So I think anecdotal evidence is the most underrated evidence. If you're like, hey, a thousand people are all saying this, maybe I should look into it rather than have to find some slanted study online that says this works. I was just going to say, Jeff Bezos, I just heard that he said to someone, when the data and the anecdote conflict, I go with the anecdote. And so I was like, I like that. (laughs) Text me that, man. I need to remember that. That is a really good quote. And I agree. Like, for example, cancer statistics. Those are manipulated by the companies that make all the money off the medication. They don't make money if they tell you to, oh, yeah, an organic diet will actually help you. And when I asked my oncologist, what part does diet play? He said, it doesn't matter as long as you do chemotherapy. I was like, dude, come on, bro. 
Like that was more of a rhetorical test question and you just failed it miserably, right? I was gonna say last thing is this. If you're not a morning person, quote unquote, you don't consider yourself a morning person. I was asked a few years ago during an interview, Hal, what percentage of the Miracle Morning considered themselves to be morning people before they read the book? So this was an easy switch for them. It was like, oh, cool. I already wake up early, no problem. Instead of checking email or social media, I'll do the Miracle Morning. I'll do the savers, easy. And he said, and what percentage of them had never in their life been a morning person? I said, I have no idea, man. That's a question I need to know the answer. So we've surveyed hundreds of thousands of people in the Miracle Morning community to ask, before you read the book, were you a morning person already or had you never been a morning person? And 72% say they had never been a morning person until they read the book and it changed it for them. And so if it worked for them, it would work for any, I think anyone that's not a morning person. That's compelling data and anecdote. (laughs) And anecdote, (laughs) both, yeah, double up. All right, Hal, last question for you. Since you started, what have you changed in your morning routine that had this had the biggest impact for you? It's interesting. I got too advanced. So I'm gonna answer this question in a weird way. You went back to simple? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I went too far away from my original practice. And in 2020, I went through a really difficult time after three years of chemotherapy. I I had sleep deprivation, which by the way, it's why I added a new chapter in the book called The Miracle Evening. If you struggle with sleep, this can solve it for you. But I had a really difficult time. And I'm like, wait a minute. I got depressed in 2020. I, I was suicidal. I mean, it was, I won't go into the whole thing. We don't have time, but I was bad. I was a mess. I was only sleeping two to four hours a night. After three years of chemotherapy, my brain just like was fried. And I went, okay, wait a minute. How can I overcome the depression? And I was trying to figure out everything. Well, wait a minute. In 2008, I overcame depression doing the miracle morning. Why I still do the miracle morning. Why is it not working like it used to? And I went and pulled out my affirmations from 2012, my journal entries from 2012. And I realized, man, I've gotten away from like the basics, the essence of the miracle morning. And so I went back and I just started like total beginner's mindset, learning from myself, interestingly enough, like I reread the original book, like I just went back to basics. And so when I wrote the new edition, I had that in mind. How do I write this where I don't overwhelm somebody and I don't lose the essence of what's made this practice and this book's change millions of lives. But I also include like, hey, here's some unique, like I teach a practice called emotional optimization meditation in the new book that I created, but it doesn't take you away from the essence of the miracle morning. So I was very careful when I wrote this new edition to keep everything that worked in the original and the 70 pages of new content is really bonus. It's not going to confuse somebody or overwhelm somebody. It's written in a way where I still kept it as simple as I could. Awesome. Well, how, where can people learn about you and your work in the Miracle Morning and the new updated book? Yeah. MiracleMorning.com is the hub. You can get the movie there for free. You can get the app for free. You can join the community for free. You can find the book there or you know anywhere that books are sold. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Target, whatever. But yeah, MiracleMorning.com is a great hub for the entire community and the ecosystem to integrate it into your life and a lot of free resources. So Robert, man, thank you so much for this. Hey, thanks for having us. I look forward. We'll have you back for the 20th anniversary edition, if not sooner. Awesome, brother. All right, to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Elevate podcast today. We'll include links to Hal, The Miracle Morning, and his work on the detailed episode page at robertglazer.com. Thanks again for your support. Until next time, keep elevating.
This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.